0: Your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, Play 670 KBOI.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome
2: to a Tuesday. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always uh, not only listen in, but uh, take part in the show. Phone line's already open this morning for you if you want to do that. 208 336. 3,700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also call us toll-free from wherever you might be listening in the world. 1-800-529-5264. All part of our global outreach. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can uh, email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message or a fan page on Facebook, or you can even text us. That's the same as our main number at 208-336-3700. Week number two in the NFL, officially over with two Monday night football games last night. One of them was really good. One of them was really boring.
3: (laughs) Although I like the boring one because that was my fantasy quarterback, Josh Allen, doing fine. That was the good one. Yeah. Uh, That that was the good one? Yeah. The the Minnesota game was not good. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. uh, They got blown out by the uh, the Eagles last night. I thought the boring one was the uh, 41-7 game.
2: That one was at least... uh, Good in the first half. Uh,
3: the Minnesota game was pretty much over and over with. Yeah, over with in the uh, first half. Yeah, Kirk Cousins seems to be ha- seemed to be having a tough time.
2: Well, and the weird part is, but be- they looked so good in week number
3: one. Minnesota did, mm-hmm. and they looked just as bad in week number two. As a, as a, an old boss of mine used to say, well, I've slept since then. Jared Allen, uh, also one of my quarterbacks in uh, one of my leagues, and I got to
2: say, in watching the game last night. Um, I don't see any quarterback that is better than him right now and how he is no. playing, throwing the ball. Um, the protection he gets
3: from his offensive in line, the, of course, helps. But In our league, I had the 11th pick, and so I thought, well, I'm not going to get probably an elite running back. So I took a quarterback, and mm-hmm. I took him because I thought, well, I had him last year, and I made it to the championship game. Didn't win, but I made it. I'm guessing you're 2-0. I am. 2-0? and Yeah. I finally
2: won. Uh, matter of fact, I was 3-1 in my four leagues this week. The one uh, that I didn't win in, I'm zero two, and that le- that that team sucks. It wasn't easy to win this one.
3: The other quarterback was Jalen Hurts, and he had a good game too. He
2: did have a good Jalen Hurts is looking really good. It's amazing what a quarterback can do when he finally has up um, receivers, a, 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 a few receivers to throw to that are actually you know uh-huh. halfway decent. So, um, and then uh, of course the Seattle Seahawks may have another chance at a win this week. They play Atlanta. I'm not, I'm not holding out hope, and I hope. Matter of fact, I am holding out hope that they don't win because I want them to go or 0-15 now for the rest of the year so they can get that first-round pick and maybe get themselves a quarterback because Geno Smith is not the answer.
3: Hmm. Although he did win a game. Won one game. I, well,
2: I don't think he won a game.
3: Like, I think they got he very. Was, I think he they got very lucky. He didn't lose it, so yeah. you know that's. He a, didn't that's lose,
2: a and that's the one thing that uh, Geno Smith is not going to do. He's not going to lose you a game. Matter of fact, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. Not too many quarterbacks can say that in the NFL. He doesn't have turnovers. He just doesn't have that. Yeah, that uh, that elite talent that some players have. I'd like to say that Russell Wilson has that elite talent but he has not played well either for the Denver Broncos.
3: <laughs> I I know that I know that uh, Russell Wilson used to have that unique talent.
2: Yeah. Um elite he, talent. He did. And Grant, it's only 2 games into the season. He has a new offensive system. He has new players. He has a new team. Um but yeah, not not too good first games and I'm wondering if Denver fans are going, "Wait, we paid 50 million dollars and traded two number ones and three other players" For this guy?
3: That's probably exactly what they're saying.
2: Probably right now. Now, if they lead him to the Super Bowl, however, there's some good teams in that division. That may yeah. be the toughest division, AFC West, this year, because Kansas City looks really good. The uh, Raiders were looking really good for three and a half quarters.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as it turns out, is not, uh, is, is not enough. Really. No.
2: If Rick were with us right now, um, he he would be screaming for us to quit talking about football.
3: Possibly, yeah.
2: So even though he's not here, we we will quit talking about football. Uh, Coming up here for you this morning, um, it is Tuesday. That means Bronco Tuesday. And uh, today we'll be talking women's golf. They just won a golf tournament uh, this past week. So uh, that's one of the things that we will be talking about this morning. That comes up at 8.35. Popular will once again uh, be in with us coming up here this morning. So uh, in addition to that, other things that we are uh, talking about uh, yet Today, um, I see uh, Hurricane
3: Fiona hammering Puerto Rico. It's been upgraded again. That's the uh, the the third year in the past. Uh, I think the past twenty years that uh, a bad storm or hurricane has hit Puerto Rico on September nineteenth. And what is it? Thirty. I, th- I saw yesterday thirty inches of rain fell oh, on I a twenty four hour period, or what we'd call here half a decade. And uh, yeah,
2: think. there it is. More than thirty inches of rain. Uh, over the past twenty four hours um, i don 't I, I don't know how easy it would be to move out of Puerto Rico, but you know uh, since they get hit so often with hurricanes, it might be time yeah. to think about going to a drier climate um, also so they need
3: to just move that island someplace else
2: yeah, um, in the grand scheme of natural disasters, uh, there was a uh, earthquake over seven was it seven point three yesterday off the coast of uh, Mexico wow. Um, 7.3 is a pretty big earthquake that would have happened on land probably would have done some major damage but uh, just did some shaking rattling I don't believe anybody was killed there were some injuries but uh, shaking, nothing shaking, nothing serious rattling
3: and rolling the interesting thing
2: is if you ever notice mm-hmm. when you start when you have that one earthquake it seems like it shakes up the entire world so now within the next uh, couple of weeks We'll watch and see um, if there's another earthquake on the other side of the world because it seems like it always happens like that. There's never just one earthquake, and I don't mean the the uh, aftershocks. When you have a big earthquake, it seems like it, it kind of unsettles the entire rest of the uh, world. And I I don't know for sure if that happens, but it just it seems like it does.
3: Sounds reasonable to me, I guess.
2: Um, it is official now that we are uh, in into uh, September. By the way. It is uh, officially one of the hottest summers ever. Some of the numbers for you. Um, One of the top five summers just occurred over the uh, last century. Average temperature of 76.6 degrees. 2022 ranked as the second hottest summer in Boise, trailing only 2021, which had an average temperature of 78 degrees. Hey, We're cooler this year than last year.
3: I like to think so
2: it also ties for second. Now here's here's the crazy part of this thing. You know, right. you can say, "Hey, it's beginning it's getting hotter and hotter every year." It ties for second with 2015 and 1869.
3: <laughs> as far as we can remember. Yeah. You
2: know, so that goes goes back away, along with recording the second hottest summer in Boise history. City of Trees also recorded two other heavy-hitting records, the hottest August on record and the most days at or above 100 degrees. Okay. Um, 27 days is what we officially uh, hit this year. We had uh, 23 days officially up until August, but then we had uh, September with more days to bring the total to 27, total that to blows a previous record of 20 days in a calendar year that was set in 2003 completely out of the water.
3: The the interesting thing about talking about the weather is uh, that, you know, we, we refuse to actually take action and do something about it. Like, for instance, you know, well, blot out the sun. Where's Elon Musk when you need him? Exactly. Instead of going to Mars, why doesn't he
2: figure out a big shade that he can fly up and yeah.
3: like, put us in shade for a little like, while? Uh, like Skynet only with shade.
2: Yeah, there you go. I mean if you're what could, what could possibly go
3: wrong exactly i was just
2: going to say the same thing yeah I figured. <laughs> when it comes to science fiction hey we had good intentions we're sorry we screwed everything up 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless uh let's get our first check on what's going on with sports today uh it's brought to you by fat guys fresh deli in meridian and in east boise off Gowan road remember today is tuesday after the most recent boise state game boise state won their game And that means today is the day. Get into Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Either location, you can get the Blue Bronco for half price. That's going to get you uh, just a little over $6 for your Blue Bronco, half price, today only and after every win for the Boise State Broncos on the following Tuesday. You can take advantage of
4: that special. Good morning. The Seattle Mariners have not clinched a playoff spot just yet, but they're playing well they do have a 99.5 percent chance of making the playoffs though and last night they were teeing off on the baseball
5: and now the 3-1 on the way to Santana swing and a drive deep to left field Monia going back looking up and grandma get out the right bread and mustard it is grand salami time he did it Carlos Santana a grand slam here in the top of the fifth inning. And it's now the Mariners 5 and the Angels nothing.
4: That home run from Santana, a grand slam, gave the Mariners a 5 nothing lead at the time, but they weren't quite done.
5: Here's the pitch, swung on and a drive, deep into the gap in right center field. Did he do it again? Yes, he did. Carlos Santana with his second home run game of the series. He hit two on Friday night. He hits two this afternoon, five runs batted in on the day for slamming Carlos Santana. That's
4: a pretty good night. A grand slam and a solo home run for Santana. Ty France also added a three-run shot in the baseball game, and the Seattle Mariners just beat the heck out of the Angels last night, 9-1. to one. Uh, By the way, no more home runs from Aaron Judge last night. He sits at 59 homers on the season. I'm Rick Worthington.
0: The great one, Mark Levin, tonight
1: at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
0: President Biden, in an interview with 60 Minutes on CBS, said, quote, the pandemic is over. But he followed that by saying, quote, we still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. The president, who had COVID himself this summer, said in the interview that Americans are no longer wearing masks. In July, the Department of Health and Human Services extended the COVID-19 public emergency until mid-October. Despite the president saying the pandemic's over, his administration is still pushing Congress for more COVID funding, asking lawmakers to approve point four billion dollars for vaccines treatments ppe and tests congress appears unlikely to sign off on that request amid fierce republican resistance we need more proof
2: that uh the covid pandemic is over other than biden saying it's over fit one returns to uh boise this week this weekend st luke's fit one had remained on the virtual platform for the past two years for safety reasons, and also uh, for reasons because uh, the mayor says that you, you know you have to wear masks. It's kind of hard to do that when you're running a marathon or a ten k. Um, but this year, uh, the Fit One Annual Fitness Celebration is back in person, and it goes on this weekend With, without a mask. Without a mask, I, you can wear one if you want. Nobody, there is no law saying that you can't no. wear a mask if you wish to wear a
3: mask. You can wear a Batman costume if you want to.
2: There will not. However, be a healthy living expo, which they uh, hold leading up to the uh, Fit One celebration. But anyway, it does go on uh, this weekend. Um, they will have a finish line festival at Ann Morrison Park uh, with sponsor booths, snacks, and swag. Um, that's usually the place where you'd get all that free stuff, take mm-hmm. advantage of snacks and things like that that would go on uh, at the Grove in, in downtown Boise. Um, they have uh, three different races, if you're interested. They have the 5K, the 10K, and the half marathon. If you need more information and want to register, go to fitboise.org. Uh, Once again, that goes on this weekend. So there's another, another thing showing we're getting more and more back to normal all the time. Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, we uh, also have a way for you to get through by emailing us, chris at kby.com, mike at kby.com. Still on the way for you today. Another chance for you to pick up Blaze Pizza. Why is this good? Today is National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Is it? It is. And Blaze Pizza, you don't have to get a pepperoni pizza. But that is one of the pizzas that you can get at Blaze Pizza, any one of the locations. We'll give it away with our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Give you the question to start working on coming up here in just about 25 minutes.
1: Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pounds
2: 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, don't forget another KBOI sweet deal coming up this week, Bonefish Grill. This will go fast once again, uh, but whatever it takes to remind you Friday morning at 9 o'clock to go to KBOI.com. And uh, they'd be ready to click on that link. You can get that $50 uh, deal. For only $25, Bonefish Grill, This is, again, under five minutes. I know all of these, we say it, it sells so <laughs> fast. But there are a couple that sell out really fast. This is one of those that uh, definitely sells out fast. Not maybe as fast as last week with lock, stock, and barrel at under two minutes, but still going to be fast yeah. coming up this Friday morning.
3: Do not tarry
2: um phil writes in mike at com. glad to hear uh biden declare covid pandemic is over remember when we wore masks but couldn't but could remove them to eat but had to put them back on when we stood up remember when restaurants had to close but they could reopen outdoor seating but since it was the middle of winter they created outdoor seating inside in tents remember what fools we were
3: uh yeah there were a lot i mean a lot of things that didn't make sense there were there were also a lot of people getting sick though so i don't i I don't feel like we were complete fools
2: i i the things that still when you look back and and you just smack your head the the thing about hey you can go to restaurants you have to wear the mask in the restaurant till you sit down then you can take your mask off and you're perfectly fine unless you get up if you get up to go to the bathroom, you got to put your mask back on because apparently uh, if you got up above four feet above the ground, that's where COVID hung out. And the, the whole inside-outside thing also didn't make a whole lot of sense when you look back at it. It's like you can't have a restaurant indoors, but it's cold outside. Well, just put up a tent and have it I-
3: indoors-outdoors. I wish pandemics weren't so chaotic.
2: I'm just glad they only happen about once every hundred years. And That's true. So we won't have to worry about this again, right?
3: Mhm. We still have epidemics, but you know, not pandemics.
2: I I wonder is this is this now officially an endemic? Is that I mean the pandemic is over as Biden said, but is this officially and now an endemic where it's just going to go on and on and on and on
3: forever? That's what an, I mean because COVID isn't that's gone. What a, that's what an endemic is.
2: Isn't that what it is? Mm-hmm. And that endemic means that uh, the pandemic portion of it is over, but it's still around. It could. And, I mean, even Biden said the pandemic was over, but we still have
3: problems with COVID. Yeah, which is odd, because that that is the, the pandemic, is COVID. Okay, endemic, I'm looking it up right now. All here. right. In the meantime, uh, that it means belonging or native to a particular people or country. That doesn't sound right. There. No. Well, it, we could still have an epidemic. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Um, it is 645.
2: Like, Time for another check on what's like, going on with like sports. You and
3: I are endemic to Idaho. Um, um, let's get a
2: uh, check on what's happening uh, in sports once again with Rick Worthington. brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Daily. Don't forget it. Today is Tuesday after a Bronco win, and that means you're going to be able to get the blue Bronco. Normally, it's $11.95, but today... And every Tuesday after a Bronco win at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli, you'll be able to get it for half price. It is a winner. Blue cheese, roast beef, bacon, pesto mayo, all in a delicious to eat sandwich. Get into either location today, East Boise or in Meridian.
4: Good morning. Boise State gets set to play on short rest once again this week. A Friday game at UTEP. That game will kick off at 7 p.m. Friday, right here on News Talk KBOI. That means pregame will get started at 2 o'clock with Richie Brockle and I, and then uh, Mike Prater and I will take over with the tailgate show starting at 4. Bob Beeler will pick it all up at 6, and of course, we'll get set for kickoff. First, Coach Andy Avalos talking to the media yesterday talked a little more about what happened offensively in the second half
6: mid zone schemes and targeting and stuff like that and the techniques that we've got to be consistent with executing up front we can learn from last week what we need to do better this week and like i said we we got a big uh start on that last night and our teams walked through and then obviously today the guys did they did a good job with it today so it's just the consistency mike with With the different fronts and pressures we're getting. um, And at the end of the day, it's playing with great pad level up front and playing physical with our hands. That's one of the biggest things that, that, you know, where we can continue to improve. Once again, the Broncos are at UTEP kickoff, 7 o'clock
4: on Friday, right here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton.
1: This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI. 208
2: 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. One of the things we're going to talk about uh, this morning, we you get your input from more and more Idaho school districts are transitioning to a four day school week. And uh, the reason they do that is uh, in hopes of attracting more teachers especially to rural districts. Our question for you this morning, if you'd like to weigh in already, you can email us or text us. Uh, would you like your school district to go to a four-day school week, or would you rather keep it at five days? Talk more about that on the way coming up this morning. Also on the way for you uh, just after 8 o'clock, another chance for you to pick up a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Nice little uh, prize to win on national Pepperoni Pizza Day. Now, of course, Blaze Pizza has lots more different pizzas than uh, pepperoni, but some people just absolutely just have to have pepperoni pizza when they order their pizza. It is the most popular. It is the most popular. Um, You can win that today if you can answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. Our question today, some species of caterpillars have evolved To look like this so if a bird spots them, they won't get eaten. What have they evolved to look like so birds don't eat them? If you know, stick around. After 8 o'clock, you can win that $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question.
0: Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment. It's
2: brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Meltzer, the Executive Medical Director for Regents. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. Doctor, when we're under a tight deadline at work or juggling multiple priorities, it's tempting uh, to work nearly nonstop to try and get all that work done and show that you made some progress. But apparently, we might be better off if we build in some micro breaks. What exactly are micro breaks and why are they good?
7: Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's some new research that shows that small breaks in our day, which we call micro breaks, really can increase our energy energy decrease our fatigue. So, for example, if we're engaged in either mentally repetitive or even physically repetitive types of work, these micro breaks, even you know, 30 seconds to 10 minutes, really can be helpful.
2: Just how long do these micro breaks have to be to be beneficial?
7: Yeah, again, sh- short. So the good news is not long at all. So there's about 30 years of studies that show that the range of as little as 30 seconds to up to 10 minutes can reduce fatigue increase our performance, and even optimize our energy expenditure. It's almost like the mental equivalent of pacing ourselves on a run.
2: So another question with this, does it matter what we do during these uh, breaks? Can we just sit at our desk and close our eyes or something (laughs) like that?
7: Yeah, no, it does. Movement is really the key here. So getting up, walking around, stretching, good old-fashioned calisthenics, getting out of our chair so that that blood starts flowing Is and frankly still has always been the healthiest use of our free time and you know most of us spend a lot of time staring at screens so when we're on these micro breaks we don't want to hop from one screen our computer to another screen our phone we really want to get up move our bodies
2: all right doctor on another subject it's probably safe to say just about all of us have seen or heard ads or myself I'm on supplements that claim to boost our brain function especially as we age Should everyone beyond a certain age be taking these heavily promoted pills?
7: No. Um, The reality is that for some people, these products may provide some benefit, but for most, they're not necessarily helpful or indicated.
2: Okay, and and what do you mean by that? Can you expand on that a little bit?
7: Yeah, so, you know, some supplements are generally thought to be safe. Things that we buy over the counter are are thought to be safe, but some people can use them to self-medicate, for example, getting my memory better um, without undergoing a medical evaluation to identify what in fact may be causing those symptoms and what other safer or even more effective treatments may be.
2: Any other advice you might give to those already taking or those who might be contemplating trying these memory improvement pills?
7: Always recommend talking to your healthcare team, even including pharmacists, what supplements people are currently using, what other medications they're using. We always want to do no harm, so we want to ensure that whatever people are taking is not dangerous and is specific for individual health conditions.
2: Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment for today, brought to you by Regent's Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Meltzer, thanks a lot for
0: joining us again this morning on News Talk KBOI.
7: Always a pleasure. Thank you
0: download the 670 kboi app for your smartphone for free now back to mike casper
1: and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi good morning welcome to the seven o'clock hour. phone lines
2: open for you once again this morning at 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless governor brad little's been uh, making the rounds recently a couple weeks ago he's on Fox Business News. Uh, Matter of fact, that was on the same day that he appeared on our show. Yesterday, he was on uh, Newsmax talking about uh, tax cuts here in Idaho.
5: As you know, uh, the Democrats in the middle of this uh, recession, uh, they are looking to raise taxes. Uh, to pay for more government programs. You, on the other hand, are working to cut taxes. You recently signed a massive tax cut that helps flatten your tax code. Now, Steve Forbes has been on this show many times, and I'm a big flat tax proponent. Love talking to any governor who's willing to talk about flat taxes or eliminating a state income tax. Talk to us about how you're making uh, Idaho more competitive.
8: Steve Forbes has advocated for this for a long time, and I also am a disciple of it. We, we have flattened our taxes, but just uh, three weeks ago, we got to the point where we now have a uh, flat tax for everybody. But we raised the minimum uh, where you don't have to pay any taxes. But for the third year in a row, we have given rebates uh, we've given a total of 32% back, 10%, 12%, and 10% of whatever taxes you paid last year. We just send you a check back because we don't know what normal is. Our our revenues in Idaho are 25% over what we anticipated, and we just thought the right thing to do was to just send that money back to the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. This year, we raised the minimum up to $300 per individual or $600 per joint filer. So we made it to where more people are exempt from taxes, that the rate is flat for everybody else, and then we're given money back. Simultaneously, mm-hmm. we made it the biggest investment ever in public education, part of our constitutional obligation, and we did it while cutting taxes and having one of the most solvent budgets in the United States. That's a that's incredible. That's
5: a that's a great success story. You know, a lot of folks are there, they they want to hear government working for the people, and I think that that's an incredible uh, an incredible story that you have there.
2: Um, um, once again, we didn't have a chance to talk about this when this uh, happened. First of all, uh, I'm curious: have you uh, received your tax rebate check yet? I don't believe so. No. I haven't seen mine unless my wife has got it and already spent it already. Um, just curious. They said it would take, you know, um, as quickly as three weeks for some people. Are you starting to see your rebate checks 300, 600, even more if you paid more in taxes? Question though, that we didn't talk a whole lot about when uh, this happened is what do you think about the flat tax? I mean, there are people that are absolutely, it's funny because even on, on the, uh, uh social media page where this was posted, The interview was posted. There were people that were just railing against a flat tax. Uh, One person had said flat tax, absolutely the most unfair type of taxation. It hurts middle and low income people and just benefits the wealthy.
3: I don't necessarily think I I agree with that. I think it works if uh, you don't pay taxes up to a minimum amount. Uh because it you know, then it, it won't necessarily hurt. let's say it was twenty percent and you make a total of ten thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. that's gonna cut you down to eight thousand, which is very hard to live on. Well, and keep if in you mind make, one thing you make, to add to that though. But if you make a hundred thousand, you it cuts you down to eighty thousand a year, which is is a little easier to live on. But you know there again uh, it seems fair because everyone would pay the same percentage
2: keep in mind the one thing part of this new law is that the first $2500 is exempt so in your right. in your example of if somebody makes $10,000 a year the first 25% of that okay. is so, tax
3: is so, is exempt so that would end up being 7500 that's taxable
2: yeah okay uh 3700 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless we'll talk more about this uh, this morning what do you think of this new flat tax that you're going to be paying here in the state of Idaho. You can also email us right now if you'd like, Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. Let's get another check on sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch every day, of course, but today's a good day to go. Bronco Burger is on sale today because it is Tuesday after a win, and it's on sale every Tuesday after a Bronco win for half price. Also today, their cream uh, Creamy Chicken Alfredo Soup is their soup of the day. Um, it's delicious. So team that up with your Bronco burger. You got yourself a great meal.
4: A couple of good football games on last night. It was the Buffalo Bills taking on the Tennessee Titans, and then later on it was the Vikings and the Eagles. We'll start with the first game. The Buffalo Bills saw former Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen connect with Stephen Diggs for three touchdown passes, including this
9: one. Second and ten Bills at the Tennessee 46-yard line. Josh will take another shotgun snap. Cates, makes the handoff, going to throw it. Looks downfield, looks downfield, fires downfield, looking for Diggs inside the five, dives for it, makes the catch, and it is caught. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. Touchdown, Bills!
4: Again, three touchdowns in all for Diggs. The Bills would go on to win 41-7 to in that game. Later on, it was the Eagles taking on the Vikings, and Jalen Hurts looks really good.
5: And the gun is Hurts. Sanders behind him. This time, Hurts... Gives it off, and he runs with the football and keeps it and takes it across the five and rolls down to the two. And is he in? Yes! Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. That's magic. A great fake to Sanders, and then he kept it and ran around the right end and took it 26 yards for a touchdown.
4: So Jalen Hurts with a big night. He helps the Eagles go on to beat the Vikings by a score of 24-7 last night. I'm Rick Worthington time for the morning market report
0: powered by CapEd credit union
1: keeping you informed about your money before the market opens sponsored by tree city advisors on news talk kboi boise 724 jeremiah bates with us this
2: morning uh stock market once again uh, down ahead of the opening it was up a little bit uh, yesterday a couple hundred points uh, however, today, Jeremiah, um, wanted to talk about something that, uh, people have concern about, uh, congressmen and women and their families, uh, trading in things that they, lawmakers might have a vested interest in. But apparently there's going to be a new way for people to track those trades coming up.
10: Yeah, so these this has come under a lot of scrutiny as of late. It's been hitting headlines. It's it's flown through the TikTok universe, the Twitter universe, of how congressmen and women, like you just said, they are getting some outsized returns, essentially beating the market, and. It kind of begs the question, hey, you know, the credibility, you know, are they profiteering off of, you know, the stock trades that they may have some information before the general public. So it's been highly scrutinized to the point where there's actual I mean, it's there's a potential bill on on the docket right now to ban members of Congress from trading stocks. Now, it seems like that's getting punted on and we'll see if that actually comes to to fruition down the line. However, right now, you do will, you will have an option to actually track these trades. Uh, so if you can't beat them, join them, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So you're gonna have, there's gonna be two exchange traded funds that will mirror the personal portfolios. Of members of con- of Congress. Now, I don't know exactly when they're actually going to be available tra- to trade. There's going to be one that specifically tracks the Democratic side and the Republican side. So the Democratic <laughs> is under wow. the symbol N. N is a Nancy A. N is a Nancy C. Republican is Cruz K R U Z. Now, keep in mind there are, there are plenty of outlets right now that you can currently track because you got to remember members of Congress and their family they're required to disclose any trading activity valued at more than a thousand dollars and they have to do it within 45 days. So there, there is a bit of a lag to this. It's not going to track it real time because there is their process to, to report it. But what these ETFs will do is track it to the T, and if, they, if members of Congress sell it, the fund will get rid of it. So it's interesting. It's certainly creating a lot of buzz around it. Now, whether, whether these ETFs will generate outsized returns or any returns at all, that is very unclear. No one knows at that point, but it's certainly is, an interesting idea.
2: Is there one that can specifically let me track Nancy Pelosi's husband? he's a multi-billionaire.
10: And that's really what caused, I mean, that's really what kind of, um, brought this into the light when you, when people actually started, news outlets started actually tracking it, started hitting the headlines. And you see some significantly outsized returns for Nancy Pelosi, specifically, uh, her husband. And the timing of those movements were a bit, uh, a bit peculiar a little bit based on what, uh, what different bills and things were signed into place and, and what laws were put into place. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of like I said before, I think the, uh, I think the frustration for a lot of people is, Hey, are they profiteering off of moves that they, that they have information to? Does this erode the credibility of, of these positions? I mean, that, that argument will probably go on for a long time. However, uh, if you do want an easy way, it looks like you will have an easy way turnkey to track these trades. Now, whether it's going to work out. I don't know. Maybe if there was one that specifically tracked Pelosi and her husband. <laughs> but based on their track record, it it, it looks all pretty right. decent.
2: We'll keep an eye on it. Also keeping an eye on the uh, Dow as it gets ready to open up down. Right now, futures 236 points down. Um, it looks like all the indexes are also across the board down. We'll get an update from you here in about an hour
1: and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Ouch.
2: Uh, Dow sell-off 355 points down already in the first 12 minutes of uh, opening. Yes, guess the good news is we were up about 200 points, so really in the last two days we're only down 150 points. Help me out here. I'm trying to find a silver lining.
3: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, It's probably not good for you to make too much money at a young age. Okay. (laughs) Of course, I guess that doesn't apply to you.
2: Easy. Easy. This is kind of a cool story out of uh, Jackson, Wyoming last week. The world's farthest long-range rifle shot was fired last week, surpassing the previous record by nearly half a mile
3: they just measure how far it went Mm -hmm. or do you have to hit a target you have to hit a target oh okay
2: previous record of four miles set in 2020 was defeated by a 4.4 mile target hit in the high desert of western wyoming get this the bullet took 24 seconds to hit the eight inch bullseye so you get the shot and the bullseye gets hit 24 seconds later Probably still, though, before
3: you hear the, uh, the gunshot.
2: Probably. From that distance. Now, after setting the Wyoming state record of 3.6 miles in 2020, Scott Austin and Shepard Humphreys gathered a team of extreme long-range enthusiasts to tackle the world record. They began planning the project in late of 2020, late in the year in 2020, with custom parts coming in from all over the world. Fine details like hand-lathed bullets. It wasn't until May of 2022 that the rifle was actually built and ready to fire. Keep in mind, with this kind of shooting, nobody has yet figured out how to get first-round hits. This isn't the kind of thing where you just buy a rifle and some ammo right off the gun store shelf and then hope to get lucky shooting a target 4.4 4 miles away.
3: I wonder how, how badly you could miss from 4.4 4 miles away. Well, Let's say that there were people standing you know, within 100 yards of the target and you hit them.
2: I don't think you'd want to be standing within 100 yards of the target because it took them 68 shots. Before they, they hit, hit the, the bullseye, yeah. On their sixty-ninth shot they hit the bullseye, which is kind of a uh, coincidence because the previous four mile record set by Paul Phillips also landed on the sixty-ninth shot. The hit was three and one eight inches from bullseye center. Hmm. They spent over fifteen hundred hours putting the gun together, researching um all the blood, sweat, and tears. Of course, when you do so something had, like that, the at least
3: had music. That's good.
2: The uh, circo- I mean, the Earth's movement, winds, all that stuff comes into uh, yeah into play. We- into play, and whether or not you can you can hit the target. Four point four miles. Like I said, the craziest part of that is twenty four
3: seconds from the time the gun is fired to it hits the bullseye. That seems very odd to me to have the curvature of the Earth affect whether or not you hit a target.
2: Mm-hmm. KBOI News 745, time for a final check on sports this morning. Uh, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in East Boise. And don't forget, today is Tuesday. And what does that mean? After a win by Boise State University every Tuesday, the uh blue bronco is half price. All right. Normally ten ninety five. You get it for half price all day today, and every Tuesday after a home win by the Boise State Broncos, get in to take advantage today.
4: Following the Broncos' home opener win on Saturday, Coach Andy Avalos had an opportunity to speak to the media yesterday morning.
6: He had some thoughts on the offensive line play. Well, I don't think I necessarily jumped on the offensive line. Like I said, there's if we watch, if we know football and we watch football, there's five-man protections, there's six-man protections, there's seven-man protections, and that was my point. There's only how many offensive linemen on the field. So there's other guys involved too, and I'll be honest with you, I think you guys very well know I'm not going to, single our guys out but there's only five O alignment on the field and when we're in seven man protections it's not always just the offensive line and so at the end of the day I'm going to single myself out it starts with me making sure that we understand how we can be more efficient in our protections everybody involved in those protections and that's what we've uh, been able to grow from that we're going to have to be able to apply this week um, as we face obviously UTEP so that we can be better and we can take more advantage and not leave plays out there on the field because again it's not just one guy. It's collected.
4: And once again, Boise State gets set on short rest to take on UTEP in Texas on Friday. A kickoff will be at 7 p.m. That means we'll get started with Bronco game day at 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon, followed by the tailgate show at 4, and then Bob Beeler and Pete Cavender will pick everything up at 6, getting ready for the kickoff at 7. I'm Rick Worthington.
11: There are three high-profile GOP incumbents, Governor Brad Little and Congressman Russ Fulcher and Mike Simpson, who have declined to participate. The Idaho Press reports that in the governor's race, there are three candidates. However, after being told Little would not appear, the Democrat pulled out, declining to debate the independent candidate. The scheduled debate on October 3rd will feature Idaho Attorney General candidates Raul Labrador and Tom Arkush. Then, on October 4th, U.S. Senate candidates Mike Crapo, David Roth, and Scott O'Cleveland will debate. Candidates Debbie Critchfield and Terry Gilbert will debate on October 24th for Superintendent of Public Instruction, and on October 28th, the candidates for Lieutenant Governor, Scott Bedke and Terry Pickens-Manweiler, will debate.
2: What do you think about skipping out on debates? Should there be some sort of rule that you have to no. debate? I, I get it why the candidates don't want to debate.
3: There is no official rule that debates even have to be held. But no. When they are, and you are formally invited, and uh, it is probably one of the main events in the state, uh, I I think it's, it's uh, pro- well, it's polite to be there, I guess. Does it matter to you as a voter? A little bit, yeah.
2: Would it change your vote? Because one of these candidates, who, well, by the way, all three of the candidates who are opting out are polling as huge favorites mm-hmm. in the upcoming election. So and I mean, there's, so
3: why risk it, right?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's nothing in it for them to gain in this. They can only hurt themselves. It's not like they're going to help themselves. Well, it, it,
3: they can't only hurt themselves. They could debate well.
2: No, but I, they're expected to. Yeah. That's what that's what I mean. The expectations are, you know, that that they'll debate well. They. They, when I say they can only hurt themselves is if they debate badly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could also, you know, just debate the way you're expected to, and their opponent could be really, really good, mm-hmm. which true. would help them out. Very true. So I, I, I guess I understand not doing it, but even even though I understand it, I I, I don't necessarily like it. No, it won't change my vote one way or the other. It could change my vote if I, you know, watched the debate or heard the debate and go, wow, this person doesn't know what the hell they're talking about.
3: <laughs> I think we should be given that uh, that chance.
2: <laughs> uh, by the way, um, also want to bring this up. Uh, today is uh, National Voter Registration Day. So if you are not registered to vote, today's a good day to do it. You can also check your voter registration. Um, if you've moved since the last election you uh need to uh update your registra- registration form pretty easy to do these days um you can do this online if you go to elections dot dot idaho dot gov you can do that long as you lived in the state for the last thirty days at least mm-hmm um but you can you can do that all online once again elections.sos.idaho.gov uh the uh, election what are we down to 7 weeks exactly it's 7 weeks today as yeah. a matter of fact 7 weeks today for the uh midterm elections that are coming up so if you want to get um update either update or um get registered today national voter registration day go ahead and do that uh online uh if you want uh, today. 208-336-3700, pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take your phone calls and emails coming up. What are your thoughts on the debates? Even if a uh, uh, one of the um, people that are running is by far the leader in the polls, should they still have to debate? Do you want to see them debate? And would it make a difference to you if they chose not to? Go ahead and weigh in. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com
0: listen to kboi online go to kboi.com and click the listen live button now back to mike
1: casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on
11: news talk kboi There are three high-profile GOP incumbents, Governor Brad Little and Congressman Russ Fulcher and Mike Simpson, who have declined to participate. The Idaho Press reports that in the governor's race, there are three candidates. However, after being told Little would not appear, the Democrat pulled out, declining to debate the independent candidate. The scheduled debate on October 3rd will feature Idaho Attorney General candidates Raul Labrador and Tom Arkush. Then, on October 4th, U.S. Senate candidates Mike Crapo, David Roth, and Scott O'Cleveland will debate. Candidates Debbie Critchfield and Terry Gilbert will debate on October 24th for Superintendent of Public Instruction. And on October 28th, the candidates for Lieutenant Governor Scott Bedke and Terry Pickens-Manweiler will debate. In the
2: case of the governor's race, there still could have been a debate because there were two candidates who met active campaign qualifications. They both indicated willingness to debate. However, Democrat Stephen Height and Independent Ammon Bundy will not be debating. Because uh, when told that little wouldn't appear, Height also pulled out, declining to debate Bundy. We so
3: have another person. I, I wonder if out. I wonder if it was because he was disappointed that he was not be able to uh, debate the governor, or he really just didn't want, didn't to, want debate, to debate Bundy, debate Bundy, uh, <laughs> you know, one
2: on one. I just wanted to get your thoughts this morning. Does it make a difference when it comes to casting your vote if somebody? Decides not to debate. Now, keep in mind that all three that we mentioned there, high profile, all, according to polls, um, have a wide lead in their races. Um, so m- my guess is if it was a very close race, they probably would have debated because it could make a difference yeah. to voters. When they have but a huge lead, I mean, does not make a vote? Would yeah, it make but, a vote a but, difference
3: to you? But yeah, they don't give it a chance to, to make a a difference to us. I mean, they don't give us a chance anyway. Kyle in uh, Star,
2: uh, was it make, will it make a difference to you come election day?
9: Uh, well, it, it it should make a difference. I mean, I'll vote for. You know, I do my I try to do my research as best I can on on the candidates, but when you hear them in, you know, what's supposed to be a a new you know it's a neutral setting, and you've got a moderator there that's asking questions. It puts candidates on the spot. Are they able to form a thought? Are they able to back up whatever their position is, you know, on the issues tab of their website where they've had an aide or somebody fill all of that out? (laughs) When you're getting a response from another candidate that you're not expecting and have to articulate a thought on an issue, especially especially if you're a seasoned veteran politician who's who's running for re-election. Okay, and I'll give you will give you an example of that. I'm very passionate about the daylight saving time issue. More and more research is coming out that when we move the clocks forward an hour in November. 100% agree with bad, you. It's bad on our bodies and just for clarification so everybody knows, when you spring forward and when you when you spring forward in March, that is daylight saving time. When you fall back in November, November 6th this year, I believe, we are falling back to standard time, which is what we should be on, because the National Institute of Sleep, the American Association for Sleep Medicine, has come out with a lot of published reports over the last decade that, that when we spring forward, we are, we are really doing something dangerous to our circadian rhythm and our, bio, our internal biological clock. Because the body was meant to sleep in the dark, not Kyle, when it's ten o'clock at night. Outside. You no. have
2: my vote. Thank you.
9: Okay. So, so, <laughs> so that that's one issue. So, getting back to the to the to the debates and whether or not we should have our uh, our 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 candidates debate, I send an open letter for for people. I don't want to take up a bunch of time here, but last year, two years ago, Marco Rubio passed in the Senate. The Sun, Sunshine Protection Act, which would make uh, daylight saving time permanent. And it got, uh, it passed overwhelmingly in the Senate. I think all senators voted for it, okay, to make it permanent. But because we have all these other issues with inflation and Russia and all this stuff, it's been put on the back burner. Thankfully, it's been put on the back burner. So I sent out a letter to all of, to, to Crapo and to, and to Senator Risch, to Senators Crapo and Risch. And to all of our state legislatures, because the state could opt out of daylight saving time if it wanted to, like Hawaii, Arizona, and all of the U.S. territories do not recognize it for one reason or another. So I sent out my email. I got one back from uh, Senator Crapo, and he went over the issue that um, the 1966 Uniform Time Act made it, made it permanent that we would spring forward and fall back, you know, each year, Mm -hmm. but that States could opt out of daylight saving time and stay on permanent time, but they could not opt to stay on permanent daylight saving time. Right. Well, I got an email back from uh, one of our local legislators. I I don't know if I should say his name on the air or not. That said, you need to contact, this has to be an act of the federal Congress to opt out of daylight saving time. And I thought, Did you really just write that to me, that the states don't can't opt to stay on standard time if they want to? I mean, everybody knows that Hawaii and Arizona has been doing it for decades, that they opted out of it. Yeah, Indiana did so, it
3: for a long time, too.
9: Mm. Yeah, they did. And in 73, we tried daylight saving time for the entire year. Maybe it was 74, and it didn't work. Everybody's like, no, we, you know, we can't do that. And so we fell back. We started to go back to the old system. The problem is, in a debate... I, I would go right after uh, this this local this legislator and say if if you don't know that daylight saving time that the states can opt out of it and go to permanent standard time what else don't you know right. what are some other issues that you're unclear about uh, where I'm trying and you're vi- vying for my vote is there, is there something more serious there of course there are other things more you know education and and immigration no and no all that
2: stuff. no. Kyle, stop it! <laughs> there is nothing more serious than getting rid I mean, of falling I mean, back and springing I mean, I, forward. Stop,
9: you know, just stop I, it. You know, I will die on that hill. I will die <laughs> on that hill. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm a teacher. I don't like seeing kids out at eight o'clock in the dark waiting for the bus. I don't like staying up at night until ten thirty before the sun goes, you know, all the way down and it's dark out. We're meant to sleep in the dark and be awake when it's light out. That's just you know, it causes yeah. heart problems. It causes a bunch of different health problems. So, thank you for the call, uh, Kyle. My, appreciate yeah, it. You bet. You guys have a great day. You bet.
2: Uh, we'll talk more about this uh, coming up this morning, if uh, you would like. Um, should should debates? Do you want to see debates happen? Even even in this? I get it. They're they're leading by a bunch. It can only hurt them by debating. Um, but should they be required to debate? Will it make a difference to you come uh, voting time? We'll get back to this after 9 o'clock. It's Bronco Tuesday, of course. we got Bronco Tuesday coming up. Coming up here next, have to uh, get somebody, a lucky person, a chance to get a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question.
0: That will be coming up right after Bronco Sports today. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
2: Casper and Chris, down to your impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Anything having to do with real estate, the number to know is 208-888-4128. Ben's going to get first crack trying to get our $50 Blaze Pizza gift certificate today. Ben, some species of caterpillars have evolved to look like this one specific thing, so that if a bird spots them, they won't get eaten. What is it that they have evolved to look like?
12: They have evolved to look like snakes.
2: That is not it. Oh. Keep keep trying. Keep trying, Ben. 208 336 3700. Oh, Aaron hung up. um,
3: That would keep people away, maybe.
2: Uh, Scott. Some species of yeah, caterpillars that. have evolved to look like this, so if a bird spots them, they won't get eaten. What is it?
13: I'm going to go with... Can I see this on a radio? Well, Pizza be careful poop. how you
2: say it. Yes? Uh, poop. Bird
13: poop. Yes, there That's
2: you go. It. They look like bird poop, and, of course, birds don't like eating their own poop. Uh, so, yeah, they don't eat the caterpillars. Congratulations. That is the answer. You have a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Don't forget, by the way, today... Um, It's National Pepperoni Pizza Day. So no matter what you do, make sure you get pepperoni on your pizza, okay?
13: Nice. Thank you. All right.
2: Hang on the line. We'll get some info from you uh, here. And uh, once again, we've got Blaze Pizza gift certificates to give away all this week. So if you didn't get through this morning, don't worry. You'll have another chance coming up here tomorrow morning. We'll take a break. News coming up at the bottom of the hour. Want to weigh in on uh, the debates? Um, People are weighing in. Would it make a difference if uh, your candidate decides not to to debate or do you think it's perfectly okay to uh, opt out of the debate we'll get more of your uh, emails coming in if you want to weigh in uh, we'll get to that after nine o'clock today with your phone calls you can email us chris at com or mike at com. you can also text us 208-336-3700 news next at the bottom of the hour bob Beeler will be in after that for bronco tuesday today we're talking uh, ladies golf
3: uh, once again, yeah. they just had a big uh, tournament win. they are winners, that's
2: right. Yeah, they are. So that'll be coming up here next. Don't go away.
0: This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk. KBOI 838. Yes,
2: Bob Beeler back with us again today talking about other Olympic sports and uh, one of the sports we are talking about near and dear to my heart because I love playing the game. Also, uh, love to hear that uh, Boise State is doing really well. As a matter of fact, a big win most recently and that is ladies golf.
14: And on the women's golf team, they win the Hobble Creek Fall Classic and joining us is second-year head coach, Kaylin Downs. Kaylin, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So tell us, how do you win by 18 strokes? That seems like (laughs) winning by a landslide.
15: (laughs) Well, when you're counting four scores, it can go one way or the other really quickly. So uh, we we just had a pretty strong finish from top to bottom.
3: Was it a surprise for you since uh, Boise State hadn't won a tournament in uh, like four years?
15: Um, Not necessarily a surprise. We we went into that field feeling pretty confident with our capabilities, but golf, you know, in golf we don't get a win every day. We're playing against 16, 17 other teams, and one team wins and the others lose. So um, a a win there and being 16-0 to start the season is pretty awesome.
2: You know, we mentioned that, uh, you know, you cleared second place by 18 strokes and you have four players uh, to do that, though, all four players have to be playing really, really well, don't they?
15: Yes, for sure. And I think, um, you know, we went into that last round with a lead of, I think, 11 or 12 strokes. So for me as a coach, that's winning is awesome. But I think one of the things I'm more proud of is just the how they handled that situation going into that last round, being in the lead and not necessarily protecting it, but uh, going out and just capitalizing.
9: So what's the difference when you head
14: into the final round? I believe it was a three-round tournament, right, Kalen?
15: Yeah, three so, rounds.
14: Okay, so you come into the third round. Let's say you're ahead by a few strokes or you're behind by a few strokes. Is, is the strategy different for a team? No,
15: I mean, it really shouldn't be. We talked about how we're not playing the other teams, so to speak. I didn't want them worried about what the other golfers were doing. You're playing the golf course, and you end up with a score, and then you see where that lines up. And I knew that by just focusing on our game and focusing on the golf course, we would we would be okay.
3: Those were the areas of improvement then that you uh, you talked about?
15: Yeah, we talked, you know, Monday was a really long day. We play uh, 36 holes, so that's two rounds, and we were out there for about 14 hours. So it was a really long day, and we had a quick meeting in the parking lot of the hotel, and I addressed a few things that I saw. I saw a lot of really good things, but there were a few things that I I saw we needed to clean up um course management stuff and and some short game stuff around the greens leaving ourselves in better spots and they responded the next day so i was really proud of that
2: you know in in playing golf and i I do play golf probably nowhere near as good as your college golfers do but you know i have certain favorite courses because they lay out better for me than in my game um does hobble creek did that just lay out better than you or does it matter to your to your team
15: um, that, that's definitely a factor, different courses, out uh, different ways for different players, but we had played a number of courses, uh, in the first couple weeks of our season that prepared us for that golf course. we had played there last year. So we knew what the layout of the golf course was. And I think we just went into it knowing what to expect and, um, they, they put themselves in some good positions.
14: We're visiting with uh, Kaylin Downs, who is Boise State's head's women's golf coach. They won this past week's tournament down in utah the hobble creek fall classic why don't you tell us a little about your roster kaylin uh, who's on the team this year and uh, a little bit about them and how you've assembled the team this year
15: sure we're a little bit bigger this year we have nine players um i returned six actually sorry five and i brought in uh four new new players um the, the starting five that won this last week um mainly returners uh senior and senior and juniors and then uh, one freshman who actually had a really good summer, and she she was our second place finisher this week. She finished uh, sixth, um, just pre- just pretty strong. I think there's going to be a lot of shuffle to make the starting five lineup, and that can only lead to better scores.
3: Six uh, of your players placed inside the top 25. Is that a record for you?
15: I don't know, but it could be. <laughs> I got to go back to the record. <laughs> Sounds pretty good, right. doesn't
3: it? <laughs> it? Does sound
14: pretty good. <laughs> Well, we're looking at your schedule here, and we got a lot of places that we think would be fun to visit. Palm Desert, California, Mission Viejo, Maui, Rancho Mirage, California. So how do you assemble your schedule? Because it looks like you got a lot of good places to go have tournaments.
15: (laughs) We definitely chase the sun in the spring, (laughs) Um, and I tell people all the time that we are a sport that most of our staff would love to travel with. I get a lot of comments of, hey, do you need anybody to go with you on this trip? (laughs) Um, Yeah. We, we go to some pretty nice places.
14: You, do, do you go for the place? Do you go for the field? I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, how do you determine, like, some of the places look different in the past and some of them look like you've been to before, at least I'm remembering the names.
15: Yeah, I like to, I like to go to the, some of the same tournaments that we enjoy, and then I also like to throw in a couple of new ones every year. And it's a combination of where we're going and where somebody's hosting, and then I'm trying to get us in some fields that maybe have some better player, better teams, stronger fields, and uh, get us that experience.
2: You know, you're talking about building your team. When, when you put together a team, do you just flat out just look for the best golfers you can find? Or do you look for certain strengths to, you know, kind of balance out maybe some of the weaknesses you might have on your team?
15: I definitely look for good golfers, and scores speak for themselves. But I want players that want to come in and and be a Bronco and invest in what we're doing as a department. And um, I want somebody that's coachable and going to be a good teammate. And a lot of times if they've played other sports, those things lend themselves to what I'm looking for.
3: You're headed for Fort Collins, Colorado. Is uh, is, is it a different game in, in Colorado than it would be at sea level?
15: Yeah, the ball goes a little bit further. Um, we, we like that golf course. We played there last year. The team's had, the program in general has had some success at, at that tournament and on that golf course. And um, I've got some longer hitters, so I think that, that that benefits us, especially going up to elevation. We're
14: going to be visiting with Emma Yang coming up in just a moment when we're finished with you, Caitlin. Tell us a little bit about Emma, what we might want to know about her.
15: Emma is coming off a really strong summer of golf. She went um, and trained in Canada this summer with her swing coach, and um, she had some really good tournaments. And actually most recently is coming off of uh, she went to LPGAQ school and had a really good showing there and just missed the cut by one. And she's her game is looking better than ever. She's in a really good spot right now.
2: Kaylin Downs, once again, second-year head coach, Boise State uh, women's golf team. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us this morning. Continued success. Keep building on that. Love to uh, hear uh, maybe your next uh, tournament in Colorado Springs, as mentioned. Maybe you uh, have another win that you can bring home. Love to hear that. That would be awesome. Thank you again for having me. KBY news Time is 846.
0: Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk, KBOI. Along with uh, Chris Walden, I'm Mike Casper. Bob Beeler
2: in the uh, studio with us once again uh, every Tuesday. We talk about uh, Olympic sports uh, at uh, Boise State University, and uh, today we are talking women's golf.
14: And our student-athlete of the week from the women's golf team is Emma Yang, a junior from South Korea. Emma, thank you for joining us this morning.
12: Good morning. Thanks for having me to Bunker Tuesday.
14: Well, we appreciate it. So tell us, how does somebody from South Korea end up on the Boise State golf team?
12: Um, so so I I studied abroad um, since I was in grade 7. Um, I stayed in Australia for... Less than two years, and then I moved to Canada for for the rest of my high school,
2: so yeah, so still you're in Canada now okay where do you mm-hmm. how do you, how do you look at a Mac and go Boise, idaho that I want to go play golf in Boise, Idaho
12: I mean um playing golf in Canada, I was able to um travel back and forth in state, um, playing some good tournaments. And I feel like the recruiting process was very similar to the other people um, that they experienced. Um, I was pretty um, familiar with how, you know, going into college in state was maybe, you know, a good option for me. And then I was fortunate enough to get in held of Boise State and, you know, to, to be part of Bronco.
3: Your team won the uh, the Hubble Creek Fall Classic, in large part due mm-hmm. to you. I congratulate you for that. Uh, you were Boise State's top golfer and had a round of seventy. What did you like about that course?
12: Um. Well, I played that course last year, and I love um, going back to Utah. I feel like it's a great tournament to start off our season. Um, it kind of suits me well on the course because, um, I feel like. It doesn't give a lot of benefit to long hitters, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so it's a lot of um, layo- um, laying out to the starting spots, um, you know, to be able to, you know, um, hit on the eight positions on the, throughout the course.
2: Emma, you also um, went to uh, LPGA Q School. Um, can you explain to our listeners what that is and how you did?
12: Oh, yeah. Um, so LCGA Q School is like a qualifying school that gets held every year um, for tour pros and elite amateurs who want to um, turn professional to compete on, like, you know, getting the tour cards upcoming years and earn, earn their status in certain tours.
3: How old were you and when you. My... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
12: Oh, sorry. And for my um, Q School, like, it was. Definitely my first um, try this year, but then, I mean, it's something that you can have, in, you know, once in your lifetime. It was super cool. Um, it was definitely stressful, um, <laughs> but then the experience and uh, the privilege that I get to, you know, have out there was just amazing.
2: So, what would have happened, say you and uh, went to the LPGA Q School and you qualified, would you have gone immediately to the LPGA?
12: Um, not quite, because there's like a, um, three stages that you have to get through in order to have like a fully, um, LP, um, to have your full LPGA tour card. So, um, no, for that question, is. Yes.
3: How old were you when you, when you took up golf? Sorry? Uh, how old were you when you took up golf? You were, you were how old?
12: Um, I was in grade five. And okay. I started pick up my um pick up the golf club and then um when I moved to Australia that's how I like started more competitively and you know, get more into golf.
3: What is your what is your college major?
12: Uh, my major is communication and I'm currently minoring in business.
14: So, what do you want to do the rest of the season? Where where can you guys go from here? The team uh, won the first tournament; things looking good. So, what kind of goals do you have for the team and for yourself this year?
12: Uh, I mean, team's looking really strong and great um, this year. We started off really strong in Hubble Creek Fall Classic. Um, just doing what we're doing right now, and just keep pushing each other um, throughout the. Throughout the year, um, I'm sure we'll have like a great season upon us. And for myself, um, just, you know, building more commitment to myself and, you know, just keep working on everything in my game. um, I think we'll have a great season.
2: Emma Yang, uh, thanks for taking a few minutes uh, with us this morning. Continued success, especially uh, continued success, your next tournament, which is coming up uh, next week in Fort Collins, Colorado. Look forward to possibly talking with you again in the future.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. 8.56
2: 8.56 coming up uh, this week. Don't forget, Friday afternoon, game time Friday again. Uh, El Paso, Texas, Bronco day, game day with Worthington and Bronco at 2 o'clock, followed by Bronco tailgate. Rick Worthington and Mike Prater at 4. Uh, then Bob Beeler, Pete Cavender have Bronco pregame 6 p.m., followed by all the action of Boise State. Uh, and They take on UTEP uh, beginning at 7 o'clock coming up this week. Bob will be flying out Thursday afternoon to yeah. uh, head down to University of Texas El Paso. Your first trip, right?
14: I've never been to UTEP. Flown into El Paso and driven up to New Mexico State but first time to UTEP, first time doing a game at the Sun Bowl. They're 1-3 this year. Uh, Boise State beat them pretty easily last year, although when you force a season's best six turnovers mm-hmm. and you cash it in, and I think we also had an 81-yard punt return last year from Steph Cobbs. It was an explosive night for the Broncos, hoping to be able to Duplicate it uh, Friday, and yeah.
2: we do we do have one uh, team in in uh, common that we have played, and that's New Mexico, and uh, they lost to New Mexico
14: last week. Yeah, he we committed seven turnovers <laughs> in that game, so let's hope they're being generous again this week. That's uh, been a problem for UTEP, it seems. Exactly. Um,
2: you also have uh, coming up a uh, coaches show.
14: We have a coach's show that will be aired uh, Thursday night, seven o'clock. We air it Thursday night, whether it's a game on a Friday mm-hmm. or a Saturday. Uh, Offensive guard Garrett Kern is going to be one of our guests. Defensive end Dimitri Washington, and our assistant coach this week will be Kane Ione, the safeties and nickels coach, and, of course, head coach Andy Avalos every week with me.
2: Looking forward to uh, the game once again coming up here Friday night. You'll hear it on both uh, 670 AM, 93.1 FM. Don't forget, listen to game, uh, the uh, post game, because we have the play of the game where you can win a $50 gift certificate to lock, stock, and barrel coming up here on Monday morning, which, by the way, is the next time we will talk to you, Bob.
14: I'll be looking forward to that.
2: All right. uh, Phone lines are open 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk more about uh, debates here in Idaho. Coming up next. Your Google Play,
0: simply say, Hey Google, Play 670 KBOI.
1: Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk,
11: KBOI. There are three high profile GOP incumbents, Governor Brad Little and Congressman Russ Vulture and Mike Simpson, who have declined to participate. The Idaho Press reports that in the governor's race, there are three candidates. However, after being told Little would not appear, the Democrat pulled out, declining to debate the independent candidate. The scheduled debate on October 3rd will feature Idaho Attorney General candidates Raul Labrador and Tom Arkush. Then on October 4th, U.S. Senate candidates Mike Crapo, David Roth, and Scott O. Cleveland will debate. Candid- Candidates Debbie Critchfield and Terry Gilbert will debate on October 24th for Superintendent of Public Instruction and on October 28th, the candidates for Lieutenant Governor Scott Bedke and Terry Pickens-Manweiler will debate.
2: In the case of the governor's race, by the way, there were still, there could have been a debate because there were two candidates who met campaign qualifications and they both had indicated a willingness to the debate until it became knowledge that Governor Brad Little had opted out of the debate, and after that happened, Democrat Stephen Height said that he had no longer any interest in uh,
3: debating Ammon Bundy. I don't know. I just I just feel like uh, it's doing a disservice to the voters to skip a debate. I agree. I I get it. I know why they do it, even
2: though I haven't talked to him. I I'm don't know for a fact why they skipped out maybe they maybe they have a vacation schedule but the reason why i think it's happening in my opinion is that the three candidates mentioned have according to polling such huge leads that there's no no way that they could really hurt themselves other than if they had a bad debate so it's like if you if you meet expectations okay so what if you exceed expectations, so what? Oh, I mean, you already if, have a big lead. So,
3: But the, if if you think you're going to have a bad debate, why exactly are you running again? But once
2: again, if, if it takes time to get ready for a debate. You know what I mean? I mean, a debate, you don't just show up for a debate. I mean, it's it's hours of prep, practice
3: debate. I, and don't know, I, th- I think you do if you really believe what you say and, and know what your priorities are. I don't know why you'd need to prepare all that much. Maybe just to get your facts straight, I suppose. Well, yeah.
2: You'd want to get your facts straight. You want to kind of get an idea of maybe where questions would be going, and and practice. Also, practice. You know, you you know what type of people that you're going to debating when it comes to you, <laughs> When it comes to Ammon Bundy, especially Ammon Bundy, you know what you know that that you have to be prepared for maybe some attacks that might come from Ammon Bundy. Uh, I don't know uh, Stephen Height as as well, um, but. Yeah, there, there, there's some prep that goes into that. So it takes a lot of time to do that. Uh, our question for you today that we're asking, though, is, is it going to make a difference for you when it comes to the election? We are exactly seven weeks away from today. Will it make a difference? Does it make a difference to you if a uh, candidate, maybe you're, you're on the fence about your candidates and you find out that they decided not to debate? Does that make it, Does that make a difference to you or is it not a big deal? By the way, I also want to remind you today is National Re- Voter Registration Day. So if you want to uh, vote or update your registration, it's very easy to do. Uh, like I said, midterm elections, seven weeks from today. If you want to do it, uh, you can do it online. You can go to elections.sos.idaho.gov. Um, if you've changed your address, you can update your address. If you have never registered before, you can uh, register there online. Once again, National Voter Registration Day is going on today. Some emails, uh, in. um, Terry, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, no name on this one says, uh, or Fred in council, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> as a Republican, I'm disappointed in Little's decision, but I do understand it. It's just too hard to justify his vote-buying stunt. I'm new to the state, two years, not impressed with the pro- Republican Party in general. Looks like I'm an
3: independent. John says, uh, oh, this is a different subject, regarding flat tax, uh, better yet, how about no state income tax and raise the tax on all purchases going up to, say, 8 to 10%. Well, they're going to get it from you somehow, so maybe that's yeah, I, if you'd prefer that.
2: I kind of I kind of like that idea.
3: If you can go without buying things for a while, you can save some money. <laughs> uh,
2: well, it, here's the other thing. Then people traveling through the state get to help pay yeah, that's uh, true. You know the expenses uh, of the state. I, I would love it if Idaho did not have an income tax at all. But as you just mentioned, Chris, you're 100% correct. That money has to come from somewhere. I mean the federal government is going to keep handing out money left and right forever. Right? Well, so you never know. If you're, if you're going to do away it we with it yesterday, I wouldn't put it
3: past them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you're going to do away with a flat tax, uh, I I like increasing, you know, our our sales tax up to 8 8%, but I get that people are going to go, "Well, wait a minute, you know, that really does hurt poor people more because you can't do without food if you're not making a lot of money. However, if you're not making a lot of right. money, you're not going to pay a lot of state income tax.
3: Well, exempt groceries then. But again, that
2: money has to come from somewhere. <laughs> so you're still going to be robbing Peter to pay Paul some way, shape, or form, right? imagine so, yeah. Um, Another email um, from uh, Terry says, spring forward and stay there. I, that's because of a phone call a little right. bit earlier today that we were talking about the debates and what you thought, if it makes a difference for you, if your candidate or any candidate that you might vote for um, wouldn't debate. Um, they were they were upset with some candidates in the past and would like to find out where candidates stand when it comes to not having to spring forward or fall back.
3: That's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's always been important to you, as long as I've known you. You've hated... Uh, uh, yeah, not... Not just here, hated, at KBOI, hated, right? You hated the spring forward part. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily
2: mind the fall back, but part. But you can't do that every year. <laughs> true.
3: <enough. laughs>
2: Pretty soon we'd be waking up in the middle of the day. And I get. I mean, he, he one of the things that he said, and it, it's it's true. They've done studies on this. It's just not healthy for individuals to it, even that one hour time change, which never, seems
3: weird. It never seems to bother me. I mean, I don't have a necessarily regular bedtime. And especially on the weekend, on, on the weekend, I get up when I get up. It's usually fairly early. I don't, I'm not a late sleeper, but uh, it, you know, just changing the clock one hour doesn't seem to affect me that much. It's so weird. Cause it
2: does, it does me. I know. Um, and both even falling back, it's like, I feel so much, I know it's only an hour. I just feel so much more relaxed. I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to the, what is it, the first Sunday in November? getting to do it and then i just absolutely abhor when we spring forward in the Mm -hmm. spring because it takes me two three weeks to get used to it and i know it's only an hour i don't get it but yeah it affects me
3: get rid of it you you must not do too well if you uh, like fly to hawaii or something you get jet lag
2: um i i don't notice notice it a whole lot but
3: I, On the other hand, if you're going to have a problem, have it in Hawaii.
2: I guess I, I've, I've never been there really long enough. Going to Hawaii is no problem. It's the coming back part because then when you come back, yeah. if you've been there for a while, you're, you're waking up four hours
3: earlier if you're in mountain no, time. I, I've always had a problem coming back from Hawaii anyway. I, just, um, I never wanted to.
2: Lauren writes in, uh, Mike, you're not my favorite person. Lauren, but I love you. Um, you always know someone who owns a thing near a place you used to live in. Well, that is true. I've lived here in, since the late 80s, so I do know a lot of people. And, and you
3: have moved around
2: a moved lot. Moved around a lot. I do listen. You're funny. Oh, thank you. But your snipes about these poor people bust around the country are disturbing. These people have made the hard decision to leave home, cross deserts, face death, dangerous people, thirst, hunger, rape, only to be thrown around like cattle. They should be sent back and we should fix our borders. Shame on these politicians.
3: I, I agree with you. I didn't even recall you discussing those people. You did you?
2: Um, not today. I think this uh, over the past couple of days we have because of what's been going on with. I I just I discussed it yesterday uh, again and just once again said yeah. how how brilliant I I thought it was that they were sending them to these places only to find out that they don't last very long in these places. It says, hey, we're a sanctuary city. We believe that you know it's a humanitarian crisis to send
3: them here. Get them the hell out of here. Maybe brilliant, but definitely sophomoric.
2: And the only reason that I think it's brilliant, not not necessarily that they're doing it, but that for the past two years, nobody would have a conversation about it. Now, all of a sudden, we can have a conversation because Democrats think that it's horrible. Something had to happen that the Democrats thought was horrible before you can start to look at, look, y- you had 50 people that went to Martha's well, Vineyard, the, and uh, you're calling it a humanitarian crisis. Places like and,
3: Republicans who live on Martha's Vineyard weren't that keen on it either.
2: Nobody was, even though Martha's Vineyard supposedly at Sanctuary City. Uh, well, Martha's Vineyard isn't a city, but the cities around there that, that it's were. A, it's a sanctuary vineyard. Vineyard, yes. Um, you know, if 50 people is a humanitarian crisis, think of places like Del Rio, Texas with a population of 30,000 who have 15,000 illegals living in their city right now. So it, it just gets maybe, the reason why i said it was brilliant not because of what's happening but because it finally may get something done maybe congress maybe the biden administration will start to go okay this is kind of a big problem 2083363700 pounds 670 on your Verizon wireless once again taking your phone calls uh debates well may- is it that big of a deal you go know, you have three of the major office Holders that are running for re election have decided not to debate for the upcoming election. Does it make a difference to you? Or is it a big to do about nothing? Go ahead and weigh in right now 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your
1: Verizon Wireless.
0: The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now
1: back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk, KBOI.
2: Three high-profile GOP incumbents, Governor Brad Little, Congressman Russ Fulcher, and Mike Simpson, have uh, declined to participate in uh, debates that they are invited to ahead of the uh, upcoming midterm election that is just seven weeks from today. So we're asking the question, does it make a difference to you at this point? Um, Will it make a difference as it comes to your vote? Not does it just make a difference in the way you think of them, but actually does it make a difference in your vote? Because that's... Where it counts, JT says, yes, if you refuse to debate, I will not vote for you, and I usually don't even watch the debates. I'm voting for Bundy just despite Brad Little. I did watch Trump-Hillary debate because you would be in jail still very funny. That's from JT. There's a person that it makes a difference to. Uh, Henry in Boise, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI.
13: Hi, good morning. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment on the debate issue. Uh, Yeah, debates are
16: important. I think uh, they're cheating the people by not debating. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Brad
2: Little is pretty comfortable knowing that probably a lot of Democrats are supporting him as well. You know, the last thing the establishment wants is Hammond Bundy up there uh, having his voice heard. But
13: uh, for me personally, I think the Crapo-Cleveland debate, I will make a decision based on that debate. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say. I mean, I think it's it's pretty
2: sad
3: when uh, uh, politicians won't uh, do what's right for the constituents, and you know, uh, you know, make their voices heard and say what they're all about in front of everybody, so everybody can see and hear and listen and and make decisions. I agree with that. I mean, it's it's a social convention when you are running for office to simply participate in uh, public debate. Yes, sir. Thank
2: you for the well, call, Henry.
9: For, uh, yeah, thank you for taking my call, sir. I yep. appreciate it. Y'all have a good day.
2: Uh, Robin writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com. Hi, Mike and Chris. I have lived in Idaho pretty much all my uh, long, old life. The candidates who are not participating are known to their voters, so a debate does nothing to change my mind about who I will vote for. But the newbies in Idaho don't know them as well, and it might benefit them to gain some new voters. Just my thoughts. It's another good point. Well,
3: yeah. Uh, this is, what's that, that exercise they used to do with salespeople where they, the salespeople would say, well, it's tough to sell out there because, you know, we've already pitched all these different businesses. And so they would take a, a page of the phone book from this year and you go down and uh, mark, uh, compared to last year, take the same page and mark all the people that are gone and all the people that are brand new mm. in the new phone book. And it's it's always it, it always surprises you how much turnover there is in
2: people. Keep in mind, since the last election, Idaho is one of the top five states. I think, as a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, over the last two years, Idaho, percentage wise, was the number one state that people moved to over the last two years. Talking, yeah, um, you know, people, since since the last election,
3: yeah, considerably more people moving in than moving out.
2: So there are a lot of new people that have moved here. Uh, Ben writes in Mike at KBOI.com. Mike and Chris, I voted for both Brad Little and Russ Fulcher. I was on the fence with Governor Little, but all in for Fulcher. I really like the way Russ Fulcher connects with Idaho while serving. They have now both lost my vote. I do not even know who is running against Russ Fulcher, so not sure what I do now. As soon as our leaders do not answer to those who they serve, my vote changes. Thanks for discussing this, Ben, in Boise County. That's interesting that he's going to vote for somebody else beside Russ Fulcher, and he doesn't even know who's running now well, that person he, but, isn't debating but, either but
3: again he well he uh, <laughs> he resents the fact that it was Fulcher who essentially got the debate cancelled by you know saying he wasn't going to participate It's weird for the incumbent not to participate when you know they're running uh, to be reelected yeah um. Mike writes in, every
2: four years, a decision is made about who gets the governor's job. It's a job interview. It's a slap in the face that Little doesn't think that he needs to show up for this interview and justify why he deserves the yes vote of his employees. Does he lack confidence in the outcome or just lazy and arrogant? Pick one. It's a yes or no question. <laughs> I, I, I disagree with you. I don't think it's a yes or no question. Um, I, I, I get, I would just love to see debates. If you're running, you show up, everybody that's qualified. I want to hear, you know, what their thoughts are going yeah. forward. I, I, we've had Governor well, but, Brad when, Little over the last two years they, probably, what, 20, 30 times on the air with yeah. us. So we know a lot about him, but I them, still want to hear
3: about what he says about things that, you know, yeah. we're, we're interested each, in. Each of them who declined to debate, uh, all the incumbents said, you know, my record uh, speaks for me. Well, I don't care about your record. That's in the past. Tell me what you want to do with the future. Tell me how you're going to solve the problems that we have now that have not uh, yet been dealt with. 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your
2: Verizon Wireless. I'll uh, we'll take a few more time if you want to get in on this um, about whether or not it makes a difference. So far, um, you know, based on unscientific polling, which is phone calls and emails, it's making a big difference to uh, some of our listeners here today. Um, or does it not make a big difference to you, not debating? You already know what you know, and you want the incumbent to win. I mean, all the incum- incumbents that we're talking about, according to polling, are way ahead of uh, their challengers. So I get why they don't want to do it, but does it make a difference to you? Uh, also, hopefully, want to get to uh, this um there are more Idaho school districts that are transitioning to a four-day week. Would you believe it? That there are now 81 Idaho school districts and charters out of the total of 186 that have made the switch to a four-day school week? Did you know there was that many I in the did state not. of Idaho? I, I did no not idea. know that either. Um, the, more, the number has more than doubled in the past 10 years. If you're a parent, is this a good thing? Do you want your school districts to go to a four-day school week? You can weigh in on that also at 208 336 3700 pounds 670 on your Verizon Wireless.
1: Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are our News Talk on KBOI.
2: And I'll tell you what, just sitting here looking how we take care of you when it comes to food on News Talk KBOI, that alone should be a, a reason to listen to us. KBY Sweet Deal coming up uh, this week. This is after last week, Lock, Stock, and Barrel Sweet Deal for $50. Half-price deal. We've got another great one coming up this week. Another fantastic place to get uh, your dinner. Bonefish Grill Sweet Deal. Uh, menu inspired with one person in mind. That is use great seafood uh deep understanding and passion about seafood and the sweet deal half price deal goes on sale nine o'clock again this friday morning it'll be one that sells out very quickly just be ready to go to kboi.com click on the sweet deals link get fifty dollars worth of gifts to make. for only twenty five dollars from bonefish grill also, uh, all this week, we're giving away Blaze Pizza gift certificates, $50 gift certificates, another chance to win uh, coming up here tomorrow morning. So like I said, when it comes to food, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we got covered here this morning. And I apologize, Chris, because I know since I mentioned that it was National Pepperoni Pizza Day. you can think about as pepperoni pizza. <laughs> I, I apologize
3: to you. It's okay.
2: Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, no secret that rural school districts have been especially having a hard time finding teachers. Um, an example, in Aberdeen School District, one teacher opening has been advertised for three years. Wow. Not one single application has been. And that's where? In Aberdeen School District. Now, the district did fill four other teaching positions this year, but none of those new staff members have their teaching certification as of yet. In the hopes of recruiting and retaining more qualified teachers, Aberdeen Aberdeen, and a number of other, uh, especially rural districts throughout the state, are adopting a four-day school week for the first time this year. The other districts include Meadows Valley, Parma, Mountain View, New Plymouth, Fruitland, Cascade, and Weezer.
3: Seems like, to a certain degree, in, in Idaho. Well, and especially in a lot of other states like Arizona, it, it has gone from a time when you had to go to college. You went to college to learn how to be a teacher, and then got a teaching job. And now, uh, they're almost willing to hire people and then teach them to be a teacher. Well, and you know, as they as they uh, yeah are teaching.
2: Look at what happened during during COVID. With so many teachers refusing to come back to work, they had they had to hire people. You know that had. No teaching certificate whatsoever to come in and teach.
3: In Arizona, you can be uh, not only a substitute, but you can get a teaching job if you have a pulse, I think. The official tally in Idaho now is
2: up to 81 Idaho districts and charters out of the total of 186 in the state. On the four-day week? That have made the switch to four-day school week. The number has more than doubled in the last 10 years. Now, as that number grows, what happens is it also puts pressure on five-day districts to jump on the bandwagon or they could potentially lose staff members to other districts that have Fridays off.
3: Those districts making the leap are doing so. It would definitely be Friday, because I'd almost rather have Monday Mm,
2: I kind of would, too, but all the the districts in the state have Friday off. Mm. The districts making the leap are doing so in spite of drawbacks to students, like longer days that come with increased fatigue, reduced access to free meals, and a time with the teacher, plus working parents who now have to find daycare on that fifth day, because they were using the school
3: as daycare to begin with. Which sounds bad, but is exactly what a lot of people do. Uh, I mean, that's you're not required to go to preschool, or what we used to call nursery school when I was a little kid, but there are so many kids that do, because... Uh, what you're looking for is a daycare mm-hmm. that will keep them busy and and well, teach them things while mom won't, and dad go to work. Won't just necessarily park them in front of the TV or something. Students in Idaho's largest districts Boise,
2: West Ada, Nampa, Bonneville, Pocatello, Idaho Falls, Cortland, Valley View, Valley View, and Twin Falls um, all have five day school weeks right now. Question for you: Are you a parent? If you're a parent, would you, do you want to see four day? I mean. We've talked about four-day work weeks. Everybody wants a four-day work week. How about four-day school weeks? More and more schools are starting to do this. And like I said, has to do with getting and retaining teachers. Because teachers go, well, I can go and, and do work here. And only have to work four days a week, where if I went to work here, it's five days for the same amount of money. They're going to choose probably a place that only has to work, requires them to work four days. Jeff and Homedale, thanks for calling us and waiting this morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think?
16: Well, I'm all for the four day school week. Um,
2: you, do you I have kids in school right now?
16: I have grandchildren in school. Okay. And just and also in a rural area where the school buses have to drive a lot more miles per day than they do in a city setting to pick up the children and and take them to school and bring them home from school. With fuel prices as they are today, I think that it's a very valid thing to only run those buses 4 days a week instead of 5. Also, I do believe that those children go to school the same amount of hours a school year as those that go five days a week.
2: Yes, they do. Okay.
16: Anyway, that's all I really wanted to, to throw out there. I think that the savings on fuel alone is certainly something to consider. I didn't even, I didn't even think passing.
2: about that, but you're right. Uh, the amount of savings on school bus fuel is, mm-hmm. would be considerable.
3: Certainly. Thank you for the call. Appreciate well, thank, it. But, but thank they, you very
2: much. You have a great day.
3: But they uh, they make up the hours they would have would miss on Friday, then on Monday through Thursday.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. So they they're going longer. Which so it's not it's not that they're going to school less; they're going I the same that,
3: amount of time, but just one, one day less. I, th- I think it only comes out to what about uh, uh, something like forty-five minutes per uh, like forty-five minutes in the morning, forty-five mm-hmm. minutes in the, in the afternoon, yeah. something like that.
2: Uh, Glenn writes in Mike at KBOI I'm just curious: was the four day school week put in place for the proven benefit to the students and their working parents, or for the teachers? Rhetorical question. Well, even though it's a rhetorical question, it's still a good it's still a good question. It was put once again for the benefit of the students and the teachers. Now, but when to, I but say to save money, yeah, when I say the the reason for the benefit of teachers in school. Number one, uh, the, the the reason why it's mostly rural districts who are doing this is they are finding it almost impossible to hire teachers. So by doing this, it's an added benefit for those teachers, and they're making decisions to come and work at those rural districts instead of someplace else who might have a five-day work week. So it benefits the teacher. It also benefits the students in that they can get teachers, good qualified teachers, to be able to teach. So it, it is, I think, a win-win. But our question is, as as for parents, are you okay with this? It it looks like, based on how much this is expanding here in the state of Idaho and and some of the complaints that you've seen from the school districts in that they're losing teachers in the five-day work weeks to teachers who only are required to work four-day in those school districts, that it may be not too long in the distant future that all of the school districts here in Idaho might be going to four days a week. Richard in Boise, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Hello, Hello. Richard.
13: Yes, there you go. Uh, yes, I have lived in a school district that used a four-day school week, and there are pluses and minuses. The reason it was taken on was financially, primarily, as well as the teacher struggle, because this particular district was losing teachers to Wyoming because of the benefits and the perks that Wyoming offers as opposed to Idaho. But in one of the negative sides of it, I believe, that really requires consideration is in this particular school district, kids would ride a bus for 30 miles in the morning. So when you have small children having to get up early enough to catch a bus that gets them to school, as well as coming home at night, they would not get home until very late. So I think it's a, it's a downside for small children. Uh, for older children, probably not as big a problem.
2: All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Didn't think of that either. Yeah. You, you would have to be going to uh, school a little bit earlier for younger kids. That might be mm-hmm. a detriment.
3: Possibility. Possibility.
2: 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, um, especially for parents, but also if you're a teacher, uh, first of all, if you're a teacher, what are you doing calling us at this time of the morning? Shouldn't you be in school? Um, just kidding, but you might be a teacher listening this morning, uh, with a free period. Do you like this? Would you like it if you're not in school? at a four-day work week. I, I just can't under see a, a teacher who wouldn't want a day off. And I base that on the fact that you and I have had this discussion about five-day work weeks. You and I would much rather work more hours Monday through Thursday or whatever, and work four days a week than the mm. than the five
3: days a week. However, we are in a schedule where we uh, we work on weekdays, and, and you know that's what people are used to. I think. Uh, Dennis writes
2: in, hey, Mike, I'm trying to figure out why it's so hard to keep a teacher. Don't they make pretty good money for only working nine months out of the year and having summer off? The four-day week sounds enticing as well, as, as long as the same amount of education time is spent. Your thoughts? Um, first of all, I will give you a thought and tell you um, most teachers do not work only nine months out of the year.
3: Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not a labor job, you know, where you show up, put in your time, and then go home and just get paid by the hour. Uh teaching sometimes they work yeah. You know, my mother used to work eighteen hour days.
2: Your your mother, I'm guessing my, just like my mom my, my still dad, does as a teacher, goes to before, work
3: before school even starts. Right. And, and before there were cell phones, my dad occasionally would go down to my mom's school at two in the morning and say, Don't you think you should come home now? <laughs> That was just the way she was.
2: In uh before school starts in the fall, teachers are usually there um a few weeks before and after school is over, they're usually there a few weeks after. And in the summer there's continuing education that they have to go to that's required to keep their keep their teaching certificates. So yeah, yeah the the nine I get it that it's it's easy to say, Hey, they only work nine weeks or nine months out of the year. They they, they work more than nine months out of the year. the well, amount you, of education yeah, time anyway. yeah the, the four day work work week is the same education that's based on the uh, article that we from the Idaho press was mm-hmm. the, the the same amount of education time is is still there now as for why it's hard to keep a teacher um, it's hard to keep teachers in Idaho because of the pay you you are competing with other states who pay every single state right now pays more than Idaho really or I, I'm talking about the neighboring states: Oregon, Washington, Montana, Utah, Wyoming. All those states pay more for their teachers than Idaho does. So when you have a teacher that, you know, granted, there's teachers like my mom's never going to move. She's lived there and teaching in the Nesper School. She's not going to move. However, other teachers who are new or getting into the business make a decision based a lot of times on pay. And so, well, I can make this much money in Idaho, or I can go across the border and live. You know, just, uh, you know, maybe a few miles away and yeah. make a lot of extra money that I couldn't make if I was living in Idaho. That's why some of the, we're having a hard time keeping teachers here in Idaho.
3: Some of the teachers my mom worked with, uh, I know, they would get to retirement age and then they would retire. And then the very next school year, they'd be back as an assistant or an aide or a substitute teacher, something. They just, they stayed with it.
2: 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You want to weigh in on that subject or the debates that we were talking about earlier? Does it make a difference when it comes to debating uh, if your candidate is not going to debate? They've opted out of the debate as three of the top candidates for the top jobs here in Idaho in the upcoming election come up. You can weigh in on that. We've got one more segment on the way. Keep in mind, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, or text us, 208 3700
1: be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 952,
2: he's Chris Walton, Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in, being part of the show. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Denny in Meridian, yes. good morning to you. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Good morning.
17: I, uh, I caught the tail end of your discussion on education. I uh, taught 39 years. I retired a few years ago. And uh, my wife became the biggest uh, defender of this whole process, of, an idea that you, uh, you get three months off every year. You're unemployed three months. You don't get it off. In fact, you do not get paid for Christmas and Easter, even though it's during your work here. When you sign a contract to teach, you sign a contract for instructional days for the school year. If it's 188 days, that's what you're paid for. Um, your union will see that you get sick days, but other than that, there's no real vacation. And during the summer, I worked in that 39 years, I worked every summer. Now, did I you, were dogs. you a
2: teacher here in Idaho? No. I, I, the reason I ask is because you mentioned uh, the union and. I don't, I don't know how strong the union uh, well, necessarily teacher, teachers is here, union, Teachers unions
3: yeah, are still pretty I, strong everywhere.
2: Yeah.
17: Yeah. Um, I, I had problems with that as well. I would have liked to have been allowed to go in and bargain for my own salary. Uh, I have uh, three degrees. I had nine credentials. I had a lot of experience, and I, I coached. I coached uh, three different sports. So I was a valuable person to have on the staff. Uh, yet when I got my raise or uh, adjustment at the end of the year, it was based on how many years I taught and units I had. And uh, I I I don't think that rewards people who do a lot. Like you said, your mother was there. I know people like that. Yeah. I, I work with people like that. I'd I, My truck was the
2: first truck in the parking lot every morning. And um, I, I did it because I wanted to. So question for you as a teacher. I know you're not anymore, but as a teacher, right. when you were a teacher, would you have liked to have had four-day school weeks? No. No. Uh, it, it, you have to con- School is continuity.
17: Okay. When kids come back to school after the summer, do you know what most teachers do? They review.
3: Yeah, exactly. They
17: review what the kids did last year. You're wasting so much time. And all I can, when I see that, all I can think of is, okay, now you've got to get the, these kids back online with what you were doing. Uh, I think it would ruin continuity for kids, and and I I saw a lot of that as it was. So, no, I'm not in favor of that.
2: It sounds great. Yeah. Thank thank you for the call, Denny. Appreciate the thoughts.
17: Yeah, you're welcome.
2: Jared writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. I have a kid in Minidoka County School District, and we have four-day school week, but the teachers are still required to go to work on Fridays. Oh,
3: really? That's interesting. They're just just not in class. It's a work day, Yeah.
2: That's interesting, because the whole reason for this, still, talking about this, is that it's, you can attract teachers because they don't have to work on Friday.
3: Still, well, maybe they'd like the fact that they don't have to face students one day. Yeah. I mean, the high school teachers would probably love that.
2: Thank you for the calls and emails. Uh, about out of time uh, here for today. If you want to continue to weigh in, please feel free. We can get to some more of these. There are some emails we didn't get to today, but we can continue to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow morning. Didn't have a lot of time to talk today. Um, we're on a 20-hour break. Dan Bongino show coming up here next. We'll be back again coming up here tomorrow morning on News Talk KBOI. Have yourself a good day.